The tragedy of the commons is a story used to illustrate the risk of owning property in common. More succinctly, it is a story meant to illustrate the dangers of socialism. In the story, a village of twelve families, each with its cow, is described. The village grazes the herd on a meadow owned in common. In the story, an additional cow is added to the herd by one villager. The additional animal stresses the pasture. The land becomes less productive. The additional animal has caused the carrying capacity of the pasture to be exceeded. The land overgrazed, milk production declines. The solution the writer gives in the story is to privatize the commons. It is an odd solution when the problem was created because one villager acted as if he owned the land. Regardless of who buys this land, the village now has nowhere to graze their animals. The outcome of privatization is the town becomes dependent on a capitalist for their milk and meat supplies. They also need to find different employment. In reality and historically, the aberrant villager would have been disciplined by the villagers. Eleven families would not let one person exploit common property nor deprive them of a right to graze their cattle. In reality, no one in a small community can afford to make enemies of their fellow villagers. In the story, the land is sold or centralized under one owner, and the villagers find other forms of work. People do leave farming to take up work in factories, but the process was organic and precipitated by increases in farm productivity. To permit one person to exploit a publicly held resource is not solved by selling the exploited resource to a private developer. A better solution, and the one that would likely to have occurred, is for the villagers to tar and feather the wrongdoer, seize his cattle, and remove him from the community. A more scientific response would have been for the village to test and measure the results of what was done and quantify the observed changes. But this would have taken some steps never considered in the story. The point is, greed, property accumulation, authoritarianism, and so on are not wrong because of opinion or subjective impressions of what ought to be. Wrong actions to be wrong must be wrong in a scientifically demonstrable way. The first step in any proof is to establish a baseline. Starting from the baseline, any deviation can be tracked. For a community, deviations are an accounting problem. The state of the community prior to the addition of the thirteenth animal is the baseline in the test case given above. The addition of a cow to the herd creates a deviation from the initial state. The additional animal provides an additional supply of milk, but not the increase was not commensurate with the increase in herd size. Per animal production is down even if the absolute output has marginally improved. Morally, this is wrong and ought not be the case. We all see this, but the problem has been to scientifically quantify the error. Quantification problems are always units of measure problems. Can we measure in units what we are discussing? The villagers need a unit of account that quantifies value if they wish to prove their point. Without a scientific unit to quantify what is taking place, comparisons cannot be made between different options.
The a priorian unit is a standard unit useful for plotting deviations in three different sectors. The a priorian unit demonstrates privatization and nationalization are scientifically excludable as option. No one has a right to own what they did not create. No agency has a right to transfer resources from one person to another based on a political agenda. These propositions are scientifically verifiable. The development of this variable is explained below. A villager was able to exploit a weakness in the system because the village lacked the science to prevent the action from happening. Their response was based on subjective impressions. In this case, two wrongs would not make a right. The fact that the greedy villager wronged his community does not mean the response of the villagers may not have also been less than what the science might have indicated. Without science both the villager and the village will make subjective arguments, and neither will prove their case to the other. The common position is that science has no direction and no preference. Logically this cannot be the case. Science must seek the truth. There must be greater accuracy in science, more precision if science works. Science is not physical, it is a process, an activity of people. To do science one must do that which leads to progress in science. What too many have not done is to equate progress towards truth with progress towards a civilized state. One cannot study molecular chemistry and end up doing alchemy and witchcraft. Knowledge forces science to take the trajectory it does. This is progress. It leads to civilization. To determine the direction the village has taken, the villagers must know the state of the village at a given moment in time. This has been a problem because we have not understood the nature of a unit of account in the field of economics. Mankind attempted to measure assets using assets as the unit of quantification. We called this money, but it was simply a commodity digitalized. A true money has no value any more than an inch or degree has value. Assets can serve as a means of exchange. We can use gold coins as an exchange unit to facilitate trade, but gold serves poorly as a unit of account or monetary system. To measure the wealth of a community, the community must pool its commercial assets. All commercial property within a political jurisdiction is appraised. The value of the community property is divided by the population to give us a product per person number. This measure is the nominal zero or baseline against which all deviations are compared. In the above case, if the carrying capacity of the land is not exceeded, there will be a net increase in the value of both assets and milk production. If the carrying capacity of the land is exceeded, the trend line will be downwards. The animals will be underfed, and milk production will decline. It is one thing to be reactive and to see things in hindsight. But science has to be predictive to be useful. If we define civilization as a destination and the state of nature as the base, the greater the difference between test group and control group, defined as a group in a state of nature, the more civilized the test group. 
We can predict that the more the individual diverges from the control group, the more he or she contributes to civilization, when civilization is defined as the difference between control and test group. We call this divergence applied to the individual, specialization. The work the individual adds to the control group is called equity. The control group is composed of assets, that is the things that exist in a state of nature unmodified by human hand. The task of creating civilization is the job of adding value to assets by means of work. Work adds value to assets and can and must be measured scientifically to determine the rate of progress, the rate at which civilization is being acquired. The asset improved always serves as the baseline upon which the individual adds value by his or her work. This value needs to be quantified. To do this the community uses preferred shares as a type of local currency. Assets are the natural resources found in the community. Equity is the value added to these assets by work. Work is given a value so it can be quantified. This value is called a living wage. For example, the community sets the living wage at 15 preferred shares per hour of work. Every worker creating value for the community using the assets of the community is paid 15 preferred shares per hour worked. Adjustments can be made but here we will use the simplest scenario. Preferred shares serve as the currency of the community. As a currency preferred shares are contracted to prefers and designated by the symbol. Each resident is also issued one voting share or common share which gives members the ability to vote in stakeholder meetings. In conclusion, this essay has sought to demonstrate in response to disruptions in the life of a community, the best response is a science-based one. We as a species needs to move past subjective-based agendas that only serve to perpetuate bigotry and self-interests. There is a scientific measure of civilization and an objective way to determine its level and rate of progress.